Welcome everybody to the latest episode of the Chop Shop, brought to you by Buckabom Entertainment and brought to you by Blue Tune Network. Introducing first, hailing from Luton, United Kingdom, your host, the one Walsh Meister, Luke Anthony Walsh, bada bing, bada boom, and it is my honour to be given the reins of hosting duties this week on the Chop Shop. Introducing next, the main queen of North Syracuse, New York. She is Sarah Visek. And finally, from Florida, WWE Dynamite's biggest fan, Orlando Ortega. How are we? Welcome to this week's Shop Shop. Oh, that was a nice introduction. Thanks. Yes, definitely great. <laughs> It's, it's like I do this for a living. It's like I'm used to doing this for years. So we are going to dive straight into this week's WWE news as ever. Please like, subscribe, link to the channel, and uh, feel free to comment. And we might read them out on next week's episode on all things WWE. A big week for WWE, which we're going to come on to. But first and foremost, I'm going to start with the sad news of losing somebody that was quite simply wonderful. Paul Orndorff passing away over the weekend. A man that it was simply underrated in the golden era of wrestling um sarah let's start with you your thoughts on the passing of simply mr wonderful you know it's it's sad news you know we kind of saw it coming uh his son releasing video a couple weeks ago I just didn't look like he was in good shape but you know even though you know it's, it's coming it's still sad news and we wish well to the family of paul randolph Mm, absolutely. And I guess, Orlando, you'll you're agree with me when you say this. When you go back to March 31st, 1985, uh, 30, what, six, 37 years ago of, of, of WrestleMania history, boys, that's that first main event that Mr. Wonderful was part of. And you go back and watch it now. And, you know, considering the, the way they built it, for, for what it was at the time, it was extraordinary. Yeah, I, I didn't watch wrestling at that time, but I did watch that match. And, there was magic in the air for that match, for that tag mm -hmm. team match at the main event. So Paul Orndorff, that, that's how you say it, right? Paul Orndorff? Orndorff. Orndorff. Okay, yeah. Because, yeah, there was like always a weird thing that they discuss about how to say his last name. I remember reading somewhere. But, uh, yeah, like he was very much important for the history of, of wrestling, you know. Not only Hulk Hogan, but him and, you know, Roddy Piper and Mr. T, you know, so... They were very important for the history books. So rest in peace. Um, hopefully his family is, you know, at, you know, hopefully they're okay now. But I understand when you lose a loved one, it's very hard. Absolutely. And of course, I think there's a story that goes uh, in, in, in the history books that it was 1986. He went on the, that famous one-on-one -on -one run against Hogan. This is obviously pre-Andre. And the, sort of the way that was built around across the country in, in house shows and across uh, syndicated TV, uh, you know, is it, it, it's, a, it's almost a forgotten rivalry. Like people talk about all the time about Hogan against Macho Man, obviously the, the Mega Powers. They talk about the Ultimate Warrior in 1990, but they, they, they just don't talk about <laughs> Hulk Hogan against Mr. Wonderful, who at the time, you know, pre Luger, pre, you know, what was to come just five, six years later on down the timeline. That 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 was that was the future of the company. It was either going to be Hogan or it was going to be Mister Wonderful. Yeah, I agree with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, is, because they always bring up the other rivalries for like Hulk Hogan. It's always like Iron Sheik or Andre the Giant or 
Roddy Piper, you know, but I think he's very underrated when it comes to the rivalry, you know. Well, of course, he was inducted in that class of uh, 2005 at the WWE Hall of Fame, where it was very much the Hulk Hogan show, uh, inducted in the same class as the Iron Sheik, Roddy Piper. Um, you know, it's very much the, 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 the annals of history, but it's very sad to lose, quite simply, one of the best. Yeah. Paul Orndorff may rest in peace. But from one passing to a more positive passing, as we record this now, the Thunderdome era is over. Three cheers to that at last. We are getting fans back in WWE television. Hallelujah. Oh, they're not going to edit all the boos and the cheers this time. <laughs> um, this isn't why. This is a cliche first question. I'm going to send it to Orlando first. What's been your highlights of the Thunderdome era? I would have to say um, somebody brought it up in another podcast where they talk about like the intimate moments where you you could like hear from the contract signings. You know, they don't really need mics and stuff, so that's really clever. And also, you can hear them kind of conversate, like when um, what was it uh, from NXT uh, NXT UK when it was uh, Walter versus Ilya Dragunov. You could hear them like kind of talk bad mouthing bad mouthing each other, and then you could hear those chops. It made it that match much better. I was like, oh, like it could have been not done. (laughs) Yeah, like you couldn't do it with like fans there because then you wouldn't hear it really well. I mean, like they would have probably been like gaspy, like, oh, like, you know, that would have been nice to hear. But I I just felt like because of the whole like uh, uh, Thunderdome and stuff, like, you know, or the pandemic era, we had some like interesting moments where intimate moments where you could hear people talk in the ring and stuff. So. Are you trying to say you will be champion? That is a guarantee. Yes, I want to hear his chop because I heard that his chops are brutal. That one chop I heard, or like when he did that to what's his name, um, Zack Saber Junior. I was like, like it almost killed him. (laughs) Brutal is is putting it like kindergarten. It's deadly. He will kill somebody someday with those chops, (laughs) and oh. Just it, go, go back and watch Volta against Pete Dunn, NXT TakeOver New York when he won the title. Oh, it's, it's good. He's a murderer. I love him. Sarah, what's been yeah. your highlights? I did get in the Thunderdome once uh, for one of the pay-per-views. It was a neat experience, um, something different. I think it goes to show you that, you know, maybe they can figure out ways in the future on how to bring fans into events where may not, may not, Many may not be able to attend. Let's get our words out there. Uh, I think the next sure. step may be kind of like an augmented reality, maybe kind of fan mm. seating. Maybe we'll see, you know, the stadium. Okay, you can buy a ticket to get into the stadium. You know, you put on like your virtual reality headset, and it's like you're in the stadium. Maybe that's the next step we get at some point. Well, I I, I, I want to sort of pause it there for a moment because I think there is a discussion around. Uh, obviously what you can and can't do with cinematic matches mm-hmm. going forward to having fans back in. And certainly there's three characters we can talk to about that. Uh, but let's jump straight into the news. Let's talk straight away about quite possibly the the, the other big news of, of the weekend. Bailey is now out injured for nine months. Oh. A woman who has dominated the Thunderdome era, who has been simply superb. Uh, on uh, across the whole women's division in, in the WWE, um, and of all the times that she gets pulled up, she pulls up a week before mm. she could go back in front of her fans and be booed to hell. Horrific, mm. horrific timing. 
And mind you, this is if she would have been at the pay per view, her it would have been a two year dominance. Because mm. remember, she was like on top since that first time that she won the Money in the Bank briefcase until mm-hmm. now. Like you, she was like the talk of like SmackDown. So yeah, just oh, a week shy. Just a week shy, yeah. Just a week shy of two years. And it's just sad, especially it's, you know, we're, a little bit later, we're going to talk about uh, Bianca Belair and against uh, Sasha Banks. But of course, Sasha against Bailey was 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 2020 in a nutshell. It was just the, the will they, won't they storyline that, that kept us watching week after week. And then that stellar Hell in a Cell match uh, was quite possibly, and I just said about the Thunder Day Mirror, one of the best matches across the 12 months, period. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just unfortunate that she just did a routine kind of like drill or like, you know, to get herself back into ring shape to go back on the road. And then, mm. ooh, she gets an injury. It's just unfortunate, you know. It is definitely unfortunate. And I guess we, we can start to look ahead to this Friday uh, on SmackDown and, and sort of what will be happening. It's obviously, one name that's always been in the mix ever since WWE announced that they were coming back in front of live fans has been... Do, 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 the man who started off on SmackDown 19 years ago, Mr. John Cena. Now, his availability has been speculated on a lot, especially by Fightful.com this week, producing two reports, the first of which said he would be out filming in August, the second of which contradicts that and said he'll be available for SummerSlam, and that is now penciled in so that he'll be now facing Roman Reigns, should he win on Sunday, um, for the universal title um what, what what's what's our take sarah we, we've sort of talked before um i think on and off the podcast about what john cena has been saying during the fast and furious nine press tour but what where does john cena now stand especially as fans begin to come back is is he becoming an undertaker spot is he somebody that is going to be used to drawing fans immediately or do you think this is this is the time for him to be brought back I know I've heard him express interest in wanting to return to the ring. Uh, he's never come right out and said, and he wants to do it again full time. Uh, I can't imagine him doing it again full time, you know, especially with so many movie cuttings in the future. Uh, but yeah, apparently this one uh, is shooting the next one's called Argyle. It's going to be starting in Europe right after SummerSlam. So, I mean, if we do see SummerSlam, I think we kind of know, well, I guess he's not winning the title. Well, I, I guess a little bit of, we will talk about money in the bank and sort of get some rough predictions for what will, is going to happen. But irrespective of, of the result, we could either get Roman Reigns against John Cena or, and I'm going to say this quietly first, John Cena versus Edge. One more time. Could you imagine? Can you imagine? Please. Like I, I can't think um, of a bigger match. I'm gonna say no to both of those. Sorry, oh. <laughs> sorry. Because no, because how they're building Roman? Because it seems like he's gonna take out a lot of the um, bigger names. Like first is gonna be John Cena. Hmm. Well, first is gonna be Edge uh, this Sunday at the pay per view. So oh. then it's gonna be John Cena. I don't know. Maybe they want to try to do like a two month or three month feud with him, but we'll see. Um, then the I think the trajectory that Roman is going to is The Rock, because mm-hmm. how it's looking like it's probably going to be The Rock. Like I can't see anybody else. 
I mean, even Roman said it. Nobody can touch him, you know? Mm. Like, honestly, like, I don't know who honestly can take the belt from him right now. I mean, they have to start building somebody for the next six months to see if they can take the belt from him, but... But but, but then where, where do you pull that trigger? Because obviously, like, Roman Reigns is quickly coming up to one calendar year since he took over that title at Payback straight after SummerSlam when he nicked it off Braun Strowman and The Fiend. So where, where, where does Rock fit in the timeline from, say, he faces Cena at SummerSlam? Where does he fit in the timeline from SummerSlam all the way through to, to WrestleMania next April in Dallas? Where, where, where do you pull that trigger? They have to do it. If they want Survivor Series to be big, then they need to do it in Survivor Series. That would be the 25th anniversary of The Rock's debut, which that would be a smart move for WWE, but it's WWE, you know. I mean, also, you got to remember, The Rock is freaking busy. Like, you can't even get any time off with that man. And also remember, when he last went to WWE, he got injured, and then that affected a lot of his movies. So that's we rewind two episodes. We were literally just talking about uh, the rocks uh, availability in the ring. Sarah, I want to get come in and, and take your take on this. What what could you? What, what if you had if you had the pencil? What what would you draw? I think you see, you know, team Roman Reigns trying to maybe put a team together for Survivor Series. Uh, although you just going to have the champion versus champion, uh, so he tries to have you know the Usos recruit the rock for you know the five man survivor series team but he doesn't participate maybe he shows up you know Roman and rock have some sort of confrontation which plants the seeds for a match at wrestlemania okay and, that, that was, yeah, yeah. that's interesting um certainly how crowds will take to jimmy uso will be a massive uh litmus paper moment uh, mm. on smackdown that's certainly for sure um but I think between this, this, this SmackDown coming up and next Friday, don't forget, in Miami, in Florida, we we will get a rerun of that famous 2001 moment. I've already done the meme pre-prepared. Um, but that simulcast <laughs> at uh, Rolling Loud in Miami is going to be a moment where WWE is going to give their content back over to the fans. Whether they like it or not, they're going to boo or they're going to cheer. It's very much the biggest test in front of a live audience, whether their content will work or not, and it's going to be it's going to be compelling viewing. That is certainly for sure. Let's go straight back to Monday Night Raw uh, and the news that we've come out uh, so far. Uh, news that have come out overnight about Raw is that the proposed uh, draft that we were talking about uh, in the previous podcast uh, that was going to be set after SummerSlam is now being pushed to October for another season premiere of Monday Night Raw. Um, Sarah, what's what's your take on this? Because obviously with, with the draft, it is going to shuffle up the, the roster, which has been badly needed, of course, during this period. Um, mm-hmm. po- possibly talks of uh, Drew McIntyre going to SmackDown because you can't face Bobby Lashley, technically. Um what, 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 where again? What, is, is this smart to push it back, or do you think it needs to be sooner? I get why they're doing it. You know, they want to do something good for, you know, the new season. And if I'm not mistaken, this is typically when they do the draft, anyways, is sometime in October. I thought it was kind of strange that they were going to do it early, you know, for August, but figuring they're going back at score in August. That's why they pushed it up. Um, maybe they're pushing some storylines back that way, so this why they're moving the draft. 
but I see no issue with it. What's your take, Orlando? Because surely you're talking about the touring schedule. I, I, I think it's believed, as we learned last week, they come to the UK in September. So surely the idea would be if they could shuffle the pack late uh, August, straight after SummerSlam, it would make the tour states in September and October more compelling to go and see. Yeah, I I don't know what's the reason. I, I don't know. Because they always do this because I think it's because... Um, it's always a, a season premiere for each show. Like it's mm. always in October. So I'm thinking it's because of that. So it's like some sort of compelling little storyline. Oh, who's going to go to this show? Who's going to that show? You know, you know, but honestly, I think crowds has been asking for a shakeup because they just feel like the, the fans, um, they're just getting tired of almost like the same matches. They want fresher matches. So maybe that's why maybe they pushed it back just to see how they could do within a month before, um, yeah, before um, some, uh, uh, SummerSlam, I think. I don't know. It's, it's just, I don't know, honestly. <laughs> I don't know. Question for the both of you. Would you bring back general managers uh, and have a Raw and SmackDown set up as we've been used to before? Yes, but they don't have to be, like, like characters. Like, they have to be, like, a face or a heel, you know? It could just be like, you know, an authority figure where they just say like what matches are happening, you know, and if they need to suspend somebody, they can suspend somebody and then they don't have to like get like, you know, get beat up for it from the wrestlers, in my opinion. <laughs> what was well, that one that was... Guess, as we saw five years ago, seeing Mick Foley, uh, seeing Daniel Bryan in charge of Raw and SmackDown, that, that was... That, that was like a fresh wave. It feels it doesn't feel like five years ago, but the way that they changed the the, the atmosphere around Raw and SmackDown, bringing up uh, Finn Balor, we'll talk about uh, the call-ups in just a second. But, you know, surely you're having somebody as a face. Yes, we've seen Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville. We'll come back to her in, in a little bit as well. Um, sh- surely, Sarah, by having a general manager and adding that little element of competition would be, again, interesting viewing and add more to the fans as well. You know, I, I don't know, it's, I think it's kind of interesting, you know, when they had, you know, Daniel Bryan, you know, they had like little competitions, but kind of going through, you know, just have somebody make matches, suspend people needed, it's kind of like how Adam Pearce started out, you know, that was kind of fresh and different too. It's, it's certainly intriguing how they're going to play it out. And, you know, we I just uh, led up to it. The NXT call-ups uh, are, are going to be there. And as we've discussed in previous weeks, and we're certainly going to mention in, in weeks to come until the draft, is who do you bring up? Well, we saw on Friday Night SmackDown, possibly due to the result of Bailey's injury, Shotzi Blackheart and just Knox, not Tegan, just Knox, came up uh, in, in tagged uh, action. Um, First signs of who could be coming up. Obviously, we, we've seen uh, that they've had tryouts as well, and uh, on main event as well. Uh, of course, Bronson Reed uh, being the possibly the next person to be coming up. Um, what's, what, what was your evaluation of their debut on SmackDown? I thought it was Me? pretty good. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I didn't know. Sorry. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, rumor I've heard is that you know this permanent wasn't a one-off. Uh, and then, of course, we see the vignette for Tony Storm, who will be making her date SmackDown debut pretty soon as well. She's the one I'm most excited about for debuting. Well, Orlando, what's your, your take on it? 
I was fine with it. I mean, I remember, I don't know if Tegan was not going to get injured, that if she was going to be tagging with uh, Shotzi for the titles in NXT, because they've been together for um, when they were even called up as well last year in 2020. Mm. So remember, they were, uh, they faced like Bailey and Sasha too. So, I mean, I'm thinking that, uh, you know, the, the um, producers and the backstage people really like them both together. So, so maybe that's probably why they what 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 they have with Shotzi Blackheart is a a true y- unique product. I mean, the, her tank, for example, is is merch full stop. You know, that you can tell that to kids of of this punk ass girl with her little tank. Like she sells Halloween each and every year, arguably better than the Undertaker did back in the day. You know, like it was. It was she's got that cool element to her where tag run or singles push, they've got a real talent on their cards. So if they can use oh. and utilize her, they can really get money out of it. Oh, no, no, no. Shotzi, I'm thinking they're first going to put her in a team, then they're going to break them away, and then she's going to have a singles one, which she's going to be, like, she's going to be up there with, like, Riddle and stuff, where she's going to be, um, she's going to be very popular with people. So I'm thinking that she would be the breakout star next year. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's going to be one to see her, and as, as we discussed in, in previous weeks, revitalize the women's tag titles. Remember what they used to look like. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's it's desperate, but they're get, they're going to need to do it. And you know what, Tony Storm could possibly bring is 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 to come. But we'll, we'll wait and see in, in the upcoming weeks as the touring schedule gets back underway. Who comes up? Who comes through? Who sticks around? Certainly, we'll be talking about it on this very podcast. Uh, now, from one moment in SmackDown to a moment on Monday Night Raw that we just made every mark every smart wrestling fan smile kelsey heather she pulled a lex luger she pulled a ravishing rick crude she was on wwe and AEW on the same night oh it made me smile when i woke up to see that it was funny because when i was at AEW for uh for their uh for the first show and i saw the blonde i was like why does she look familiar to me <laughs> and then i was like and then when somebody uh, put it up i was like oh <laughs> I was like, that's what it is. I was like, okay. Uh, but let's not, for, let's not forget, Alex Rossi did this last year as well. She appeared on AEW and NWA. Oh, that's way. not the same. That's not the same, Sarah. It's not the same, especially where she pulled. She, she played WWE at their own game. They taped Monday Night Raw last Tuesday in the Thunderdome. And there she was on Dark last night. I mean, <laughs> she the first... <laughs> Women to do it, I think. Well, 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 okay, but here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. Rick Rude, he was contracted with WWF at that time. Then he decided to leave, and then he got himself a new contract with WCW. So technically, this does not really count with her. Oh, come on. No, no, no. If they want to make it be like, oh, WWF, who's going to be the first? No, it has to be in that type of context, okay? <laughs> Come on, let a man have his moments, you know? It was just great television history, you know? Come on, let, let, let me have it. I'll, I'll allow it this time, but I'm just saying, I'm just saying, historians will probably be like, no, 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 you know? <laughs> 
from 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 one moment to another. Uh, Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair uh, won at the ESPYS for best WWE moment. I mean, it was a good match, but WWE just patting themselves back uh, on the back. You know, it's 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 a bit of a false award. I, you know, I mean, it was a good moment. I mean, come on now. It's just like, come on now. To have two black women be in the main event of night one of a show. Mm. And, you know, and, and they created magic, honestly. You know, I mean, if they would have had maybe five more minutes, I think they would have probably had like match of the year kind of ma- uh, uh, candidate, you know. But like, to me, it was a great moment for them, honestly. Mm. I, th- I think the whole show from start to finish on night one was just deserves an award in itself the half an hour thunder break Samoa Joe and a poncho will always stay in our memories for the rest of time uh I need that that (laughs) in in a frame on my wall it it, it just was oh so magnifique um and just again we we talk about live fans coming back uh, on a regular basis but seeing 25,000 fans in Tampa Florida at the Raymond James was and a night we'll never forget, and the fact that they crown Bianca Belair as the champion. And my goodness, did you see the welts on Sasha Banks of of, of the hair of of Bianca? Oh my goody Oh, what a moment! Yeah. And yeah, maybe maybe it is thoroughly deserved, even though it's sort of giving it to themselves. But you know, more like at the end of the day, it was a better main event than charlotte fair against becky lynch against ronda rousey at least they know how to pin themselves on the map um <laughs> damn the shade I'm just gonna <laughs> let that sit and and remind everyone it was half past five in the morning in uk time when that main event went down um <laughs> i'm just gonna let that sit for, for a second <laughs> that was yeah so, yeah. yeah let's just you have on. to tell them be like you have to tell them be like Hey, give us a WrestleMania or give us a pay-per-view. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, from one moment to a possible return, coming back into the fold, and that is somebody that's been on screen uh, for the vast majority of, of this year and somebody who's technically authority, not authority, is authority. Sonia Deville could be returning to in-ring action. Uh, Fuffle Select has reported that there's been a significant push to have Sonya Deville involved in the Money in the Bank ladder match. Don't be surprised if she snakes her way in, possibly in the pre-show or, or something happens. Of course, she's been announcing uh, who is going in on the briefcase match on Twitter. Hello, Natty Neidhart. Um, yeah, Sonya Deville back in the ring. I don't believe she's fought since the loser leaves WWE match. I think that was last SummerSlam. Sarah, is this a good idea? I think it's kind of sneaky. You know, she's been playing that position of, you know, overpowering, self-making decisions. Uh, there's still one position left on the SmackDown roster for, you know, for an entrant. Mm-hmm. Maybe this Friday, maybe you can see her say, yeah, you know what, I'll fill it. There's nobody else worthy of it. Yeah. Yeah, and also, like, to me, it's just, like, they haven't done the banter between like Sonia and Adam Pierce where they're like against each other. So I don't, maybe this could be another like little like feather into their like rivalry in a sense where mm-hmm. she adds herself into the match, you know, mm-hmm. because I think they're saving Becky for, um, for raw Sasha Banks. Probably she's kind of probably come back this Friday because they're probably going to start setting up for SummerSlam for them too, Bianca and Sasha for SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so that's probably what's going to happen. So uh, there's a there's a lot of possibilities now that now that fans are here and now that some of the wrestlers are ready to return. So she was taken off the road uh, last year, obviously because of the stalker case that both her and Mandy Rose went through. Because um, originally that match was meant to be lose lose their hair. Um, I mean, she's she's great in the ring, of course. Rose and Deville, Fire and Desire were a fantastic women's tag team. Um, possible reunion? Just forgetting that Otis was a thing? I don't think so because she's she's actually working well with uh, with, uh, with what's her name? Uh, yeah, Dana Brooke. Yeah, so I mean, so. I mean, I don't see them. I mean, I don't think they want to go backwards. I mean, it would be nice for them to return with each other, but I, I don't see it, honestly. Especially during separate shows. They have to oh, like that's not anything. She's an authority figure. She's an authority figure, remember, Sarah, so she could appear in any show she wants. <laughs> exactly. She could, she could win the briefcase and just start showing up on Raw. Exactly. It's, it's, it's like she can announce who's in the match on Twitter and just think she can get away with it. Wow. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> Night. <laughs> oh, it, yeah, it remains to be seen what, what happens. And, you know, if she's brought back in, it, it smells of healness, doesn't it? So, you know, if, if she, for, for you know, for all intents and purposes, she could be a female Brock Lesnar and just come and run in and grab the briefcase and. The story plays out from there, you know. So <laughs> it depends what what is booked. That is certainly for sure. Um, before we come on to uh, predictions of, of Money in the Bank, and we go through the card quickly. Um, Becky Lynch, the 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 baddest woman in the planet, uh, the man herself, uh, of course, getting ever closer to to an in ring return and, and compelling shape. Bearing in mind she gave birth earlier this year. Um, she gave praise to one Tyson kid uh, as possibly one of the best producers in the business. Um, I mean, Tyson kid again, he, great wrestler back back in the day, back back in the the WWE universe days of uh, of the early uh, 2010s. Um, and you know, it's it's not often you get WWE uh, wrestlers recognizing producers' work, and uh, it, it was great to see. Uh, Sarah, what's what's your take on? Yeah, he does work with the women a lot, and a lot of the women have nothing but good things to say about him. Um, Natalia was on a podcast, which I forget which one it was. It might have been last year, actually. She talked about how TJ actually becomes more proud and more happy with the work when he puts on a good match as a producer. You know, helps the women do that than when he had a good match himself. So it's good to see, you know, he's, you know, so passionate about it. And takes great pride in work and you know the women love working with them so you know it's it's great for the business yeah and i'm thinking that maybe he had a lot of conversations with uh fifth finley because like every all the women back in that time fifth finley everybody talks about him what he has done for the women so yeah. um so yeah so for me it's just like i i can see why because a lot of the women are now saying how much tj has helped even the girls that gotten released, like the Iconics did an interview about TJ. Mm. Um, who else was it? Uh, I think it was Chelsea Green as well, said something nice about TJ. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so a lot of the women like currently now are are praising him. They Even TJ is fighting for the girls to do certain segments to make sure that it is still played out, you know? 
Yeah. Like he's fighting for them to make sure that it is done. So, I mean, that has to be something right there too. I, I mean, like even sort of talking about the Iconics and, you know, seeing Peyton Royce and, uh, um, Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, 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 seeing, seeing the icons on online, and they, they seem so happy uh, to be outside of of, of their, their 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 contracts at the moment that you know it's 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 such such a joy to see. Even seeing uh, interviews with Killian Dane uh, over on Wrestle Talk and the way he's talked about you know life outside of WWE is certainly freeing. But of course, it does also highlight the big issue about the budget cuts that the WWE have having to do. And obviously, now that they're going back on the road, they have that chance to bring that money back in um is that you know what what, what are you gonna do obviously Meltzer and Alvarez on Wrestling Observer saying that you know it's WWE obviously didn't want to have fine women in every city that can travel for for Bobby Lashley's ladies for for example um so you know and obviously one of them happened to be on AEW at the same time it's but it's, you don't know how much they're paying them that's the thing that's the thing it's just like you don't know how much they're getting paid it could be like a hundred bucks five hundred dollars I mean who could live off of five hundred dollars a day Honestly, five hundred a day. I, I can live off that. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to do the math in my head. Uh, yeah. that's, that's about three hundred sterling. Yeah, I, I could. I could live a three hundred a day. Three hundred would be a comfortable day in the United <laughs> Kingdom. That is certainly for sure. <laughs> but also, like you know, you have to also think it's just like you know what the the, the prices are for some of these people that are they they let go. You know, mm. some of them they probably resign and they got like probably more figures than before so that, that's just me like and also for as far as from like the freedom like thing, like i get them like they don't like to be restricted on certain things like moves or storylines and stuff like that but it's somebody's choice that they want to do that you know they don't want them to go too crazy or something so it's their decision so well i, I think at the end of the day it's uh, and I was, I was listening to a podcast this afternoon is that WWE is a money-making machine, you know? And even when you look at the Jinder Mahal, Drew McIntyre storyline, which, you know, m- makes makes my 3MB fan cry and cry and cry inside of me. Um, that They're bringing out a new toy range with the breaking mo- uh, motorcycle or, or cycling vehicle, they've called it on the website. And the fact that they are pushing out so much uh, on the merchandise and, and and how they are really pushing this quite simply absurd story uh, to, to to sell the merch is is it's just a a madness that WWE are doing. Bearing in mind they took pre-orders on an Alistair Black T-shirt as well. I mean, like what what sort of business plan is that, really, isn't it? And uh, where's it going to stop? What what it has to buck has to stop somewhere. Well, depending on like if they lose like the American market and they only have international market, that's the only mm-hmm. other way. Because technically, the American market is leaving, honestly, from WWE and going to like all the indie shows that we make around here. So mm-hmm. it's now depending on like the uh, international market, you know, like England, India, you know, Asia, you know, because of course, you know, India is becoming a big market for them now, as well as Asia. So. And now yeah, they're just starting to make next India at some point, aren't we? So, you know, yeah, obviously we're at, uh, India showcase as well back in January. So, you know, that they, they are, it's, yeah. <laughs> a- a- anyone with, with, with a business or economics sort of education, like oh. can look at WWE and think just, just what is going on. But it, it remains to be seen. It remains to seen from Friday onwards when fans are paying their money 
paying their tickets to go and see them. And, you know, it's either going to be, we're going to be either sat here next week and praising um, a, a complete new wave of WWE, or we're going to be looking back and thinking, what what fans were back to the Thunderdome content. Uh, finally, I have to come into money in the bank. In the bank, money in the bank. Sorry, I had to get it out of my system. Uh, Bond will be doing a full uh, money in the bank predictions uh, over the weekend. But uh, Sarah Orlando, whilst I have you here, I have to talk about the two big matches. First, the men's one. Ricochet, John Morrison, Riddle, Drew McIntyre. Big E, Kevin Owens, Kinsuke Nakamura, Seth Rollins. Who is winning the briefcase? Sarah, I'm going to come to you first. Who I want to win, I think, is Big E. And they talk about giving him a big push. Um, the way I can see the storyline going, if Big E wins it, mm. maybe you know we see a continuation for a few weeks of Lashley just trying to up and destroy Kofi and Xavier when who comes in to save the day? Biggie, you get a new day reunion. Well, didn't we say this back in January, Sarah? Didn't we say Biggie was going to win the Royal Rumble? Then he won the IC title on Christmas Day. It, the thing, the argument with Biggie is that he's so close but no cigar. So if this is going to be the moment, it's going to be the worst moment, considering how we've just spoken about how the SummerSlam main events of John Cena versus Reigns or Edge. And as, as we said last week, possibly Goldberg versus Bobby Lashley or Brock, even Brock Lesnar, uh, should he wish to to show up with his fancy beard. Um, it's it's to, to, to give him the briefcase at this point where the booking is so tight and almost sealed in for, for at least three or four months is, is a bad idea. I mean, they got the year to cash it in. I mean, they gave it to Otis last year. What would they do with it? <laughs> Yeah, and, and that was a terrible idea. That Nasty. was a terrible idea. We had, the new day. How the new day Nasty. Come on. <laughs> it didn't make a good lunch, though. So. Yeah. Orlando, I'm going to come to you for your predictions. Who's going to come over with the briefcase? Who I would like to win. And you, Derek, bear in mind, you can change your mind between now and I, I would, the full predictions at the weekend. Yeah. I would like it maybe Seth because like at least there's a little bit of a story there because like it could go it could go either way like maybe it'll go bring Seth back to being a baby face you know and then like you know him versus Roman because they have to do something with Roman because I don't know who else is going to be facing Roman throughout the the winter time because who can you see until the rock comes and like helps out for um, WrestleMania but well, you make that face well, Andy, I mean, he, took, he, he took one eye of uh, Ray Mysterio. He's going to take both of mine. He <laughs> fell off with Seth Rollins. He's boring. Like, like no, no, he could be appealing again. Come on now. This could give him a motivation, you know? So, I mean, like, and plus, like, you never know. Maybe Edge wins the title, and then it'll be Edge versus Seth Rollins, and then he'll still be a heel there, you know? And then they could feud, and then the Wise can get involved. You know, we could have that best... Uh, versus uh, Becky Batch. You know, we um, Derry does like to recycle old gimmicks once in a while. Why not bring back the I've Got Kids gimmick for Seth Rollins? <laughs> can I, can I, I mean, they could. I mean, they could. <laughs> that is, 
Like genuinely, if that is that is awful. That is awful. Nobody wants to see that. But yeah. like, like genuinely, what what can you do with with Seth Rollins that they'll make it interesting? Like he's just been meh meh. Like it's just I I, I can't I, like. I, I can't. I just can't. I can't think of anything that I said, say. I said who I would like. I know it's not going to be. It's, 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 the question is, who would you like? Okay. I've, I said my fantasy booking right here. I, there's two ways it could go. It could be Roman versus Seth, where Seth is the baby face. Or it could be Seth versus Edge, where he's still the heel. And then, of course, they have that history back in 2015 when he first had the briefcase, if you remember. I mean, like any any argument would would still say either Nakamura or Ricochet. If if WWE remember what's good wrestling, what used to look like, do you remember Prince Puma? I do. I remember Wrestle Kingdom Nine as well. Um, but you know, it's it's I don't, I don't know. It's 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 the sad reality of what story will fit the best. And I think between now and obviously when we have our predictions on Saturday, which I'll definitely be involved with, um, is you know what 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 story can they write to complement the talent of wrestling and give us a good title match and ultimately it's about what goes down with the fans it'll be amazing to see and of course on the women's side from from one one interesting match to another Asuka, Naomi, Alexa Bliss, Nikki Ash, Liv Morgan, Zelina Vega, Natalia and one spot open for the women's money in the bank. Of course, Asuka won this last year when Becky announced her pregnancy. Um, it's... Yeah. What, what? Where can you go? I want to say Alexa Bliss is, is my hot favourite to win it, but what are they doing with Alexa Bliss? I spoke a little bit earlier about what they can and can't do with cinematic matches, but Alexa Bliss, I think, is going to suffer in being in front of live fans because they can't do the spookum spookums. Well, I mean, yeah, I could see that. I mean, I could see why they were they, there's going to be an issue with Alexa Bliss in front of fans. But um, um, who I would like for it to win on the women's side, I would like it to be Naomi because I think it's time they give Naomi a little bit of a chance. Turn her heel, bring her with the family, may her have her feud with uh with uh with uh Bianca Belair. That would be a refresher, you know. And then, you know, she could cut her promo being all jealous between her and Sasha. You know, like, she's the first actual real black woman. You know, they should have done that with her, blah, blah, blah. You know, they could go, like, with that type of direction, you know? Do, do you remember Feel the Glow? Do you remember when she won it at WrestleMania 33 in, in, in good old Orlando? I was like, mm. I, want that, I want that Naomi back, you know? Knee sliding down, yeah, down the I, ramp. I, yes. I, 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 I want 2014-2015 heel Naomi. She needs to come back as that heel again. I mean, she was a she was a really badass woman when she was that heel. So I want her to be that again. Sarah, who have you got to be Miss Money in the Bank 2021? At this point, I don't really have an odds-on favorite. I don't really know who's going to win. I don't really know who makes the most sense to win. Uh, who I want to win. I want to see Natalia win. Uh, she's done so much for the business, helping train the you know the newer up and coming women just to be better for themselves i, I think Natalia deserves you know one last good run and she's even training the new talent uh, there's yeah. a few that appeared on AEW too you know so she's actually putting her hands uh, her hands on the wrestling business as well so mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I mean, it, it remains to be seen what happens. And obviously, who gets that final spot could be decided when we make our official predictions here on Buckaball Entertainment over the weekend. Stay tuned for our Money in the Bank predictions content. But I guess we're going to leave it there for the Chop Shop this week. I have been Luke Antipoles. That has been the main queen, Sarah Bissick. And that has been Orlando Ortega. We'll see you next week for the Chop Shop. Have a good night, everyone.